today on CityCast Denver. Denver's West Side was the site of some important events in our city's history, especially our Chicano civil rights history. Now, a new designation for the La Alma Lincoln Park neighborhood goes before city council tonight in the hopes of recognizing and preserving that community. Truth be told, when I first started on the Historic Denver Board, I looked at the historic landmark map, and the key was over Barnum. It was over the west side. So if you're not even on the map, you're not even part of the conversation. Today is Monday, August 2nd, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. Today's forecast sees temps hitting 84 degrees with a chance for showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon. With the national eviction moratorium ending this past weekend, it was left up to states to do something to keep people in their homes. According to the Colorado Sun, Governor Polis extended an order that requires landlords to give some renters 30 days notice instead of 10 days before an eviction can be filed. The key word here is some. The governor's order only impacts tenants who have applied to Colorado's Emergency Rent Assistance Program and are still waiting for that support. Delays with the assistance program means some tenants have been waiting weeks and even months for help with rent. And here's an update on our story about the end of the evictions moratorium from last week. Our producer, Paul Caroli, told me that over the weekend, he ran into Lando Allen, the Denver voice vendor who told the story about his camper on that episode. Lando was apparently doing well. He didn't end up applying for a parking spot with the Colorado Safe Parking Initiative because he got the money together to pay for a good spot to park his camper. Denver City Council is voting tonight on what might look and sound like a small tweak to the zoning of the west side of Denver. It doesn't have a ton of major practical implications. It's not going to lead to any massive redevelopment projects or new construction, but it does mean a lot to many of the people who live there. They're voting on a proposal to designate the neighborhood of La Alma Lincoln Park a historic cultural district. It would be the city's second after Five Points, and it would recognize the neighborhood's long and diverse history, but specifically its key role in the Chicano movement of the 60s and 70s. We wanted to understand what that designation and that history means to the people who live in the neighborhood today, so we met up with a few community members at the La Alma Rec Center. Here's Kathy Prieto and her daughter, Desiree. I was here like um, clear back in the early 50s. I was born in 55, and I lived on 9th and Mariposa, 953 Mariposa, the Red Projects. We were just all around the West. I mean, this has been my home since, and uh, this is where I brought my kids up. My mom was an activist. She was, she was really a a part a, of the movement. Yeah, she was, and. Um, she was really into what she believed, you know, for the people, you know. We even had Cheech and Chong out here one year, and yeah. the, it was like the Chicano power, and sure. that's what we did, you know. And her house is where you live now, right? Yes, that's that was hers and my dad's. Back in the 60s when we moved in there, it was the gathering place and still is to this day, and they, you know, everybody knows John and Helen's house. Um, I'll just add to what my mother was saying. I was born in 1974, and um, I've been real close to my grandma and grandpa my whole life um, until they passed. Everybody hung out there. We all stuck together. Our family, for the most part, when we were younger, we all stuck together. 
I mean, this neighborhood has been through so many different phases and different things. Yeah. Some good, some bad. Yeah. Some you wouldn't even want to be here through. When I was still at West, that was the riots in sure. the 60s, and we had police brutality. They they hurt a lot of our, our men, our young our young men that would be walking around, you know, they carrying a, a can of beer or something, and they would get beat over things like that, you mm-hmm. know. There were times when it was scary to be here. Like, bad things were, were, happening, were happening here, worse than now. When Kathy says West, she's referring to West High School, the site of the West High walkouts in 1969. Hundreds of Chicano and Latino students walked out of the school in protest of treatment by white teachers and administrators. The unarmed students were met by police in riot gear, and many young people in the community were injured and arrested. The walkouts were part of a larger movement for Chicano civil rights in the 60s and 70s that addressed segregation, police brutality, and unfair treatment of the community, many of whom resided in the La Alma Lincoln Park neighborhood. How do you feel about it now? It's nice. I miss uh, the unity because um, when I was little, you knew your neighbors, you knew, we all knew each other. So it's nice, like, I, I, lo- I love my mother's block because the people there have made it a point. There's a few that have been there for a long time. Yeah. And everybody still talks to each other. Um, that's not on every block, unfortunately. We're like family still, some yeah. of us. Yeah. Um, my mom's neighbor that uh, was there since, I think, before I was born, um, Lalo, he died from COVID, and it was like... Uh, we lost a family member. He was just, he was the strength of our our neighborhood. Every time somebody needed work in their yard or in their homes, or he would come, you need help? What do you need? You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, a, a lot of the new people that are moving in uh, to our neighborhood, I think God has blessed us because they're not trying to change anything. They're, they're just, they're neighborly change change yeah. is okay yeah but ask first you know don't take from us anymore you know let us make that decision though it had been decades in the making a few years ago a movement to preserve the west side's chicano civil rights history picked up steam this current cultural historic district designation being proposed is part of that larger movement to celebrate and preserve denver's chicano history here's another of the organizers past citycast denver guest ian thomas tafoya Ian, how did you get involved with this historic cultural district project? Well, I, I think I first heard about this project because uh, I've been following along with Historic Denver, and I lived here in La Anima. And then I luckily became a board trustee of Historic Denver, and so this has been a project that has been really a labor of love. My family lived here in the west side. I think we've seen a lot of displacement, removal of Latino people, and so... You know, just the saving of the culture has been really empowering. And when I lived over here, the art was the most empowering part for me. I had worked in the government. I worked in the you know, in the situation where you were supposed to conform. You cut your hair. You can't wear jewelry, that kind of thing. And then you're here and you see this, like, powerful cultural context of men, I guess, bending the traditional gender lines in a lot of ways, as our culture would see it, but not mine. Talking about the police violence here in this community, I've witnessed so much police violence in my community. And how old are you? 35. Right. So that wasn't, it's not in the past. Absolutely not. And really working on this has shown me so much more because they were saying every time 10 people wanted to come to the park and hang out, 
you know, that was the police coming and busting you up and beating you up. If you were lucky, sometimes there would be guns and, and violence. And I mean, we have to remember that there are many parks over here, Sunken Garden Parks, this park on the side that said no Mexicans allowed except on certain days of the week, so full on segregation. And so, you know, the murals here, all of it is about mm -hmm. reparations and reclamation. What is preservation going to do for something like the murals or, or that culture? I think it's very similar to the national park system in a lot of ways. You're creating a reason for people, inducing demand for the consumption of that culture and that heritage. You know, we've had a chance to do a lot of tours here now since this whole conversation began just nationally. And I think it's incredibly relevant now because we've seen the zoning here on Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for people not to forget both the indigenous motifs, but also the importance of this space in the Chicano movement. For me too, with the historic preservation, and you know, we talk about climate crisis, right? Yeah. Well, the whole reason that Auraria, the real impetus to remove it was for the fact that there was a flood that degraded some of the properties and that was used as an opportunity to displace, um, to the renewal, community. urban mm -hmm. renewal, right. right? And urban renewal or gentrification, look at what they've done on I-70. And so I think it's, there's a concerted effort by Chicanos, Latinos to protect our heritage on this side of town. I mean, truth be told, when I first started on the historic Denver board, I looked at the historic landmark map and the key was over Barnum. It was over the west side. So if you're not even on the map, you're not even part of the conversation. You know, this this action project by historic Denver, this is hopefully the first of many. Yeah. And we've done a lot of work through the pandemic on our own diversity and equity trying to tell more of the stories that are here and i think the cultural district's great because it's flexible yeah there's a lot more flexibility in it and uh, just from design standards but still maintaining the culture but i think a real perfect example you know the landmark preservation commission has only white people on it mm. and so you know part of my remarks at that level were you know it's great that you're here and that you care about this but part of the problem is that we're a dozen Latinos asking to protect our heritage and it's an all white board that makes mm. the decision. Yeah. That's pretty, that's a pretty powerful dichotomy to look at and say, so you're the decision makers and we're the community when it should be. We are the decision makers as well as the yeah, community. Exactly. The Landmark Preservation Commission already approved the Historic Cultural District designation in June, and the Planning Board endorsed it earlier this month. So the only step remaining is the City Council vote tonight. If they approve, certain buildings will be protected as landmarks that contribute to the culture. Plus, any homeowner hoping to do exterior alterations will have to go through a design review to make sure the changes are in line with the district. Uh, I really hope and encourage the city council to vote for this. I think you can't just espouse values through rhetoric. It has to show up in policy and in projects and in zoning and in decisions. And this is a chance for them to get it right. And yeah. having sat on the Blueprint Denver plan, the you know the long-term 20-year vision for the city, I've really encouraged the city to think about historic preservation at the same time that they're thought, thinking about expansion. Because yeah, the, the community's already amounts. together. Right. And for Kathy and Desiree, there's hope that this historic cultural district designation would encourage some of their neighbors and their homes to stay rooted in the community. I'd like to keep a lot of our houses, a lot of our, our neighbors, we go outside and we talk about it and they talk about fixing this and fixing that. And we ask, are you ever going to leave? No. Like no it's just I, the way I'm it comfortable. Is. I'm really comfortable. That's the only house all of our family know. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's in a really special neighborhood. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hi, it's Paul. 
I'm a producer on the show, and I've got an update on an episode we released last week, which featured a conversation I had with former Governor Dick Lamb about his relationship with the Olympics. I'm sorry to report that in the evening of Thursday, July 29th, Governor Lamb died of a pulmonary embolism at the age of 85. When we booked that interview a few weeks ago, I knew Lamb was an influential figure in Colorado politics and ahead of his time on issues like abortion access and the environment. But I didn't know he had such outdated views on immigration and multiculturalism. I learned about those things and a few nice stories about his life and career that I read over the weekend, and I'm going to share with you all in the show notes for this episode. Instead of recounting the facts of his life again here, though, we're going to share a couple of recordings that can give just a small sense of who Dick Lamb was as a person. The first is from my conversation with Robert Cohen, the businessman who led the most recent campaign to bring the Olympics to Denver, which put him in direct opposition with the former governor. The second is a short excerpt from my conversation with Dick Lamb, which took place on July 8th, three weeks before his death. At one point, we were having a community debate. We had lots of them. You know, I mean, that's what you want to do, right, with things like this. You want to get out in front of the community and share the story. And like I said, there's not right or wrong. There's just different. We have our perspective. They had theirs. And so we were, we were sitting there talking about our issues. There were three people at our table and three people at their table. And at one point, it got a little personal. And... Um, you know, I mean, I think the people at our table are just like, really, we're, we're going to go into personal, you know, we're, we thought we were going to talk about issues, etc. I think we handled it with grace. But Governor Lamb leaned over to me and grabbed my arm and he just said, I'm sorry. He didn't have to say anything else. I mean, he and I have known each other for a long time. And it just shows you what a class act he is and that two people who have different opinions or different thoughts about um, an issue... Um, like this, don't have to be enemies and don't have to hate. We, we can do it with total respect and dignity and grace and class. That's the spirit of not only the Olympics, but I believe that's the spirit of Denver and Colorado and who we are and why I wanted to showcase that for the entire world. I have succeeded in politics because I have not been dogmatic. Um, I've, I've been aggressive, but I really don't want to say this is uh, this is the way and this is the way it should be and I have a closed mind to the other side. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Later. We said history like three times.